1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the flagship show of the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Stephen Heiner, and on this episode, I'm joined by Father Anthony Chicada, Associate Pastor of St. Gertrude the Great Catholic Church in Westchester, Ohio. Father, thanks so much for joining us.
0: I'm happy to be here, Stephen.
1: And for those listeners who are not picking up on the the music in the background, that's Wagner from uh, Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries. It's an allusion to Father Chicada always talking about the fat lady singing when it comes to the SSPX, and for those of you who picked up on it, uh, and we're not going to start with whether the fat lady has sung or whether she's singing or whether she's in a warm-up mode, but but by telling listeners why are we doing the show in the first place, because we did some shows on the SSPX back in season one of Restoration Radio, but we've, we've not really done any, any shows on them since, uh, particularly, I suppose, because they've been in uh, preparation mode for, for what's, what's ahead for those who, who don't know what we're talking about. I suppose I can go back to the very first time I spoke on the telephone with father Ch- to the, the radioactive father Chicata. And like any good SSPXer at the time, I was familiar with who Father Chikata was. I knew that he was one of the, the leaders of the so-called set of the contest movement. So I was familiar with some of his writings, and I actually I liked and agreed with whatever didn't disturb me too much among his writings. But the day after I had a chance to speak with Bishop Tissier, Um, and Bishop Tissier had refuted the idea of communion, the Vatican II idea of communion, I called Father Chakada because the interview was very disturbing to me, but this idea of communion had come up again. And I thought it was instructive because that's really where we are now, at least in my perception, Father, this idea of imperfect communion, that you have the SSPX now integrated whether there's been an official signature, because that, that was what caused all the resistance in the past was this idea. There's going to be a deal and there'd be a bunch of flaps in all of the different churches and with different priests. And they basically removed that by stealth going in the, there's the Argentinian priests that are set up regularly within the, the diocese in, in Argentina. And this idea of the year of mercy and, and receiving faculties and the epistola, which is put out by the American SSPX, has dueling headlines uh, over the last two weeks I shared with Father before the show. I was, I was amused by the fact that one of them thanked uh, the gracious action of the Holy Father uh, that they would receive faculties during the year of mercy, while also saying, well, we've always had faculties, by the way, through the church's uh, governance. And in the same 10-day span, they put out a mocking headline, get your annulments quick, and... Um, the SSPX doesn't seem to recognize that they're moving in a direction in which they're not going to be able to send out emails like that anymore. Or is this the new Francis Paradigm, Father? (laughs) Well, that's a very
0: good question. Uh, There there are a whole bunch of um, different concepts that um, came up in your little introduction there. The the, uh, first Thing that we have to explain, I think, um, uh, a little bit is the um, our allusion to the wagnerian opera the the ride of the, uh, the the song of the Wagnerian opera, the Rite of alkyries um, we uh, I wrote an uh, article the last time that uh, Pius the uh, tenth was engaged in a negotiating with the Vatican talking about the um, will the fat lady sing? And the fat lady uh, is an allusion to uh, the woman who sings at the end of this long um, uh, series of of Wagnerian operas just before the um, uh, home of the gods burns in in the background and and the Rhine overflows. And I compared the great drama since uh, 1971 approximately with, uh, between the Pius X Society and Archbishop of Fever and the Vatican to this, this long Wagnerian opera where uh, the characters keep on going back and forth and you're not quite sure what's happening in uh, this particular drama. So that, with, with that said, uh, Stephen uh, has been, uh, brought up the, the question of communion and this uh is communion is meant not in the sense uh of the reception of our lord in the eucharist necessarily but this is an allusion to the post-vatican two notion of the uh, church as a communion rather than as as, as an um uh, an integral um uh, integral society under the Roman Pontiff himself, under the uh, uh, himself as the Vicar of Christ and the bishops in communion with him, who all adhere to the same uh, beliefs, disciplines, etc., and, and form of worship. So the the in the post Vatican II Church, this concept has been replaced with a vaguer idea of communion, whereby we are in. Um, uh, as some sort of a union of, of charity to a greater or lesser extent with, uh, uh, with others, with people who are the uh, Roman Catholic Church, properly speaking, but uh, others as well, uh, non-Catholics, uh, be they Protestants or be they members of some sort of an Orthodox sect. So that's uh, the, the, the second concept, is this, this concept of uh, communion. The uh, idea uh, with the Novus Ordo or the Post-Vatican II theology of communion is that you can be in different degrees of communion with people who somehow are not juridically and fully united to uh, the Roman pontiff. So what we are seeing here is a... um, realization in the practical order, and application of the practical order of this um, uh, essentially modernist idea of the Church's communion, of this applied to, of all things, the Society of St. Pius X. Which is, was supposed to be a traditionalist organization that reflects the, uh, uh, the uh, a reflection uh, or a rejection of the principles of the Second Vatican Council. So, what what is happening? What we see happening in the uh, practical order by the uh, actions of um, the Vatican, and then by the uh, Positive reactions of the Society of Saint Pius X, of the, their organization being co-opted uh, little by little into this um, uh, um, into this this uh, uh, communion with the uh, Novus Ordo with the Vatican II Church. So it's very very ironic that after all of these years and all of this drama between the Pius X Society and the Vatican, that they end up being co-opted by this new theology.
1: Well, I think it's fascinating too, Father, because it, it shows a real studying of history on Bishop Fillet's part. We, have, I think you and I have always observed, and anyone who who knows, Bishop Fillet is not a theological heavy hitter. He never has mm-hmm. been. The Society has never put him forward as one. He's a good... He's a good politician, and he's a, and he's a good negotiator, you could say. And he studied what has happened every time something has tried to be brought about. You have the signature and the unsignature of 88. You have the intervention of Bishop Williamson. You have all of these things, and they're all tied around signatures and events. And so the idea, I think, is, well, let's skip that. Let's have the, the, the I don't know, a practice marriage, I suppose, we're going to have all of the benefits, none of the commitment. And then after a while, everyone will just enjoy being part of the regular church. And I, I, you made this point in Francis Watch. If the faculties are to last for a year, what, you know, what's going to happen at midnight You know, after a year? They're going to go back and they're, they're going to go back to war in the year of mercy. I mean, that's quite a way to end. So I, you know, anyone who has, I would say, a half or even a quarter of a brain, has to see the writing on the wall here.
0: Well, it, the uh, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, the, the the same same issue keeps on coming up with the Pius X Society that uh, one uh, one of the things at, back in the nineteen eighties that we found very disturbing and and. Um, essentially, was at the heart of uh, the problem of our difficulty with the Pius X Society and with Archbishop Lefevre, is that they never really decided whether Vatican II, uh, the, the the Novus Ordo Church, is Catholic or not. They went back and forth, and Archbishop Lefevre himself said many things, which. Uh, from which you could conclude that the post-Vatican II Church was not Catholic, and many other things from which you could conclude that they they were Catholic— so there was this, this, this going back and forth. That essential issue was never settled. But in the meantime, what Archbishop Lefebvre uh, did settle for was praxis, that uh, he would found these different institutions throughout the world and try to preserve the Catholic Mass and the Catholic faith somehow this way by doing it. But the essential question was never resolved. And the while, as you said, there was... Their signatures to different documents and different proto- proposed texts, and signatures withdrawn, etc., and uh, all sorts of discussions about um, uh, uh, theological uh, principles, um, the praxis went on. Now, uh, the uh, this song in the uh, reign of, of uh, Bergoglio and the reign of Francis is just what he likes to hear because he is not someone who is interested in theological statements. Uh, he uh, regards theology as clarity in theology, as we've seen time and time again on Francis Watches, ideology, and this is, this is something that's, that's negative. The important for, thing for him is what is pastoral. That uh, is is praxis that uh, you do X Y and Z in practice and don't sweat anything about the doctrine. So he, he is found as it were a soulmate in Bishop Fillet and the Society of Saint Pius X, because they are very much into the uh, idea of of uh, praxis, and uh, he um, he Francis does not uh, see these these. Uh, Theological points, uh, you know the the uh, acceptance, let's say, uh, understanding of uh, Vatican II in a certain sense, as Ratzinger did. He doesn't see these things as important. It's just practice. So uh, practice. So he gives uh, to the Pius the tenth Society, for instance, during the so called Year of Mercy, he gives them faculties because it doesn't make any difference to him. Uh, that uh, uh, and it seems like a nice uh, gesture. Seems like a nice gesture to uh, make, in this, this uh, great year of reconciliation. So the, the, that is, as I say, the, the, these uh, it's praxis on both sides that is 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 seen as uh, uh, seen as important. That you see in Bergoglio, for instance, in the question of of annulments and so on, the giving uh, of uh, uh, what they consider to be the Eucharist to the divorced and the remarried, uh, that, that is uh, simply a question of pastoral practice there. And, uh, you know, as far as being able to reconcile that with the categories of traditional Catholic theology, that's not really
1: important. Well, it's hard not, it's hard not to call it brilliant. Father, I have to say, I mean, what, what is the society going to say? No, we don't accept you are giving us that we reject because they're always able we're going to reject the good friday prayer we reject this we reject that well you can't reject something that was specifically given to you that's seen as a positive although i've already started to see circulations of open letters and resistance to the resistance to the resistance so there are lay people who are getting uncomfortable but as i as you say and as i say what are you getting uncomfortable about There's not a consistent lay or clerical line in the SSPX on the role of Vatican II, on the purpose and role of the new mass, on the acts of the magisterium. It's whatever is decided from the top, and everyone's welcome to have their opinion, but it's at the end of the day whatever Bishop Fillet says or decides. So there's no proper ecclesiology that's taught to SSPX students in schools, which is frightening. And among the adult parents of these children, there are no principles. So they know that there is an unease, Father, you could say, within them. You, you talk about uh, in your pamphlet, Welcome to the traditional Latin Matthew, people have an unease about the Novus Ordo. They, they may not be able to articulate it, but they're having the same unease with Francis. They're realizing, well, he's the Holy Father, and he's the Pope, and Pope Francis this, and Pope Francis that, and Holy Father this, and Holy Father that wait a minute, he's giving us jurisdiction? Well, well, and they don't know what to say. What are they going to say? They're going to say, we don't, ex- we don't accept the faculty? So I think now the SSPX are in a very uncomfortable position, which they've never been in before because they've always been the power player. They've always been, well, we're going to send our theologians and there's not going to be any compromise and Bishop Tissier is there to blow it up or Bishop Williamson sends a letter and leaks it out. Well, this time there's none of that. There's no negotiations. There's no leaking. There's no concessions. There's no 1988 unsignature. It's just presented as a fait accompli. And I think that while it may be too early, perhaps, to say that the fat lady is singing, maybe she's either singing off stage, or will be presented with a video of her singing <laughs> in about a year's time. Am, am I wrong, Father? I
0: think we can hear at least a note or two of her her warming up back in her her dressing room as she's putting on her helmet with the the, the giant horns on it and getting ready to come out on stage. The <laughs> uh, it it is a brilliant strategy on the part of Bergoglio uh, because the uh, as you say the the, the context. Is uh, the context has changed, and he doesn't uh, particularly care um, about the, the theological issues, the theological questions that the Pius the Tenth Society tried to make, um, you know, part of their. Uh, part of their uh, negotiations in the past, so he's the whole context is 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 larger, and they've been co-opted. And it's true, people don't know how to react. Now, I, I um, the parish I serve in St. Gertrude the Great is uh, the uh, was the first traditionalist uh, uh, parish in the Cincinnati area, and most of the uh, other groups have, uh, in the Cincinnati area that now exists, have uh, descended from St. Gertrude the Great, so I know uh, many, many of the people and many of the families in in some of the other groups. And one of the things that um, I heard just this past week from someone who has relatives in the Pius X Society Church down in in, uh, Walton, Kentucky, is that... um, there, there is, in fact, there's this, this puzzlement about what we're supposed to uh, think. Well, the, um, uh, this uh, woman was telling us, that, well, uh, she was talking with some of her, her Pius tenth relatives about the Pope, and uh, they, were, uh, they didn't quite know how to react now because he had been nice to them. Uh, and had given the Pais and Ten society these faculties and one of them said well actually we really can't judge him you know uh, on on uh, on what he's <laughs> doing and this the, the man who said this was uh, uh the or one of the most judgmental persons that uh I've ever known as a traditional catholic so uh, what has happened is that uh, bergoglio has has changed the uh changed the whole context
1: well, and if he could change that person you're talking about, uh, uh, Father, maybe he really is a prophet.
0: Oh, I mean, it, it uh, was if you knew the cast of characters <laughs> as well as I do, it was uh, really shocking. But that's, uh, the, uh, that's the kind of reaction that uh, you get on the ground, because he sees uh, um, uh, being nice to everyone, and uh, people aren't used to that particular uh uh, in that particular context, they, they don't, uh, they haven't, the idea hasn't clicked yet that um, uh, the reason Bergoglio is able to do this is that he's a total modernist and it's his way of co opting them into the new church where it doesn't really matter what you believe because the 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 belief is secondary to this idea of communion and this idea of, of just sort of generally being nice and uh, spurning uh Catholic theology as ideology
1: I, I suppose kill them with kindness right father
0: uh, yes that's right kill them uh, kill them with kindness and with faculties and uh smile an awful lot and and uh, you know um. Uh, receive them and say hi to them when they show up in the, the country buffet line in in, in um, the papal hotel
1: there. So, uh, uh, But this is a completely different way of operating with them. Right. Kill them with kindness. That's not a phrase we're ever going to hear apply to, to Bishop Sanborn or, or yourself. Uh, Uh, i I don't think so no (laughs) but but i wanted to bring up another (laughs) maybe just kill them all god knows (laughs) (laughs) right he'll sort it out so that's right he'll sort it out uh, we started the episode by talking about the fat lady singing because that was an allusion to to father one of father art. if you haven't recognized here at restoration radio we often take uh, articles that, that father chikata has written about and we 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 basically turn them into radio form. Another one that Father has talked about in the past is this idea of a cardboard Pope, the idea for display purposes only. And I, I thought, again, it was interesting uh, during Francis watch uh, that, uh, which was excellent, by the way, I'm sorry, I couldn't join you this, this last month, but you, you, you brought up this idea that Athana- the Bishop Athanasius Schneider had cited the picture in the vestibules as a positive sign of the SSPX. And I, I thought, what would Father Takata think about that, that <laughs> at the end of the day, that cardboard, you know, cutout, that that, that picture was, was a big part of, let's say, I, maybe not the tide turning, but a perception, a, a media perception that, oh, well, they've got the picture in the vestibule. So they're, so they're good. It's it, like almost, you know. Uh, if you're a card-carrying member of the Communist Party, well, do you have a picture of uh, the current anti-pope in your vestibule? Well, if you do, then you're good. Yeah. The um, uh,
0: so what you see there again is praxis. Okay, that it's it's just uh, uh, something in practice that the uh, party line that comes down from um, uh, Mensingen or wherever their their uh, headquarters is now, regular, uh, is is that you know you uh, put up a display picture of uh, whoever is the uh, whoever the, the head of the society says is the current Roman Pontiff. So, uh, but you have. Uh, 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 that is something that's purely a question of practice and a policy, because, of course, we know that uh, in the history of the Society of St. Pius X, that they ignore the rules and, and uh, that this man, the, the, whoever is the current occupant of the uh, sea of theater, the, they ignore what he uh, says. But the idea is that the, this has symbolic uh, uh, meaning, uh, and and it's, it's purely a question of practice. And the bishop Schneider just picked up on that, and he thought it was really great.
1: Well, and and as you know, Father, because you were part of the the Catholic Church prior to Vatican II, the idea of having a picture of the Pope it's not something just for the vestibule. It's a devotion that we as Catholics have. You have a picture of the Pope in your house. You may have a picture of the Pope in your office. Like that is someone that we at you know we are devoted to. Um, good luck finding a picture of Francis in any of the homes of any SSPX family. In fact, I, I, would, I would pay some kind of bet, Father, that if we went into any SSPX and we went in a hundred times to an SSPX family, we would not find a picture of Francis. Maybe we'd find one of Ratzinger if they, if they really were uh, un- unaware of what Ratzinger was about. But you're not going to find a picture of this guy. And the picture of the Pope is not just for the vestibule. But it serves the purposes, as you say, for display purposes only. Yeah, I think that you're right. I
0: would be extremely surprised myself if uh, any of the Pius X uh, parishioners down in Kentucky had a picture of, of uh, Bergoglio in, in their homes. That would be something that would be, uh, I think would be rather extraordinary. Well, then you know that he's really done
1: it, right, at that point.
0: Uh, at that point we will we would know that he's 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 really done it
1: <laughs> not only had the fat lady sung but she's already uh, dressed and left for the evening so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you hearing from your contacts out in in the R&R community father as i said i seen some circulations of open letters of people who are very upset that faculties have been given because they see this as a precursor And they use the word Pope and Holy Father in their open letters, which, again, I think is humorous. Uh, You're upset that the the man you consider the vicar, of Jesus Christ on Earth, has given your uh, irregular religious society ordinary faculties. I'm sure that's something to be very upset about. I mean, mean, if
0: uh, if you look at the sites, the the different discussion boards, uh, you see that... um, uh, people who are in the R&R, the Recognize and Resist camp, are really having difficulty processing this, some of them. And uh, some of them react, you know, in a worried way. Some think it's, it's good, it's a positive uh, step. But there's confusion. The reason there's confusion is that they don't operate on any perceptible uh, principle on, what the role of the Roman Pontiff is supposed to be, and how we as Catholics are supposed to be subject to it. So, so uh, people are going off in uh, different directions. Some think it's 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 uh, uh, it's a great thing. Uh, others think that it uh, was unnecessary because we had these faculties anyway. Uh, others of the R&R camp are simply worried about it because they they see it as the um, uh, as, as a step toward the possibility that they would actually have to be subject to the person that they say is the Roman pontiff. Well, and all of that think- is a product of, of uh, incoherence in ecclesiology.
1: Well, I was say, how would you feel if you're a fraternity of St. Peter person? You're one of these people who came over all those years ago because the SSPX were these evil schismatic priests. And you're watching. They they haven't had to do anything. I mean, the the fraternity St. Peter priests had to sign their lives away and then watch their own superior generals uh, election be invalidated. Uh, and they are the ones who are you know loyal sons of Rome this whole time. And now they're watching the SSPX get regular faculties without anything, without any concessions at all.
0: Uh, yeah, without any concessions, and and you know that must be uh, to say the least somewhat galling. Uh, But the uh, thing that would be interesting to see would be uh, finally what, to what extent, the uh, Pius X Society, having been reintegrated into the uh, Bergoglian um, uh, show, would uh, be permitted, say, to criticize Vatican II. uh, That. my reading of that is that while uh, Bergoglio himself, uh, none of that would make any difference to Bergoglio because it's all just ideology anyway, and remember he said that uh encouraged people to go ahead and make a mess and, and to make controversy. Um, I think that that would not sit well with many other people in the new church and uh, that eventually the Pius X Society would get clipped uh, just as um, uh, the uh, Peter fraternity got clipped on the question of the new mass and the priests celebrating the new mass. So that's, that's definitely a possibility. I think Bergoglio is one thing, but um, in dealing with uh, people in the Novus Ordo Church for whom the idea of, um, some sort of some sort of a consistent theology is still important, I think that that would be another issue.
1: Well, I, I suppose this, these Argentinian regularized priests of the SSTX are a, a kind of pilot program, then, uh, Father, because obviously he has some sway in Argentina. And yeah, it's, it's a it's, a, it's, a, it's a pilot it's program. Uh, it's a pilot program, as in
0: Pontius Pilot, probably.
1: <laughs> I, well, along those lines, I thought a slogan would be uh, confession, uh, "Confessions without concessions." That might be, yeah, uh, hey, another way, <laughs> another way to look at this. For for those people who don't know what's going on down in Argentina, which I suppose is most of us most of the time, can you tell us what is going on in Argentina with the SSPX priests?
0: Well, they got a. Um, uh, and supposedly this was ar- uh, arranged by Bergoglio as well. That their uh, organization was um, in Argentina was uh, recognized as part of the. was official, or rather the 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 uh, Novus Ordo Church uh, got the Pius X Society's institutions to be recognized by. The government in Argentina, as uh, in effect, as Roman Catholic, which was uh, something which is uh, actually quite, quite astounding, a very astounding uh, development. But it is said that uh, this was a program that uh, Bergoglio. Uh, had resolved on when he was the uh, Archbishop of, of Buenos Aires, and it was one that, that uh, finally after he was elected that he allowed to be uh, shepherded through down in Argentina. So that is, is, is quite um, significant, I think, that you know, they, they are officially considered to be under the wing there.
1: Well, and again, I, I see this as a pilot program, uh, and we spell pilot differently, Father, but because, uh, again, it was presented as a fait accompli. We didn't hear about any negotiations. We didn't hear about any rumors. We were just told, oh, yes, this has been happening. And the SSPX didn't put up any fight. They didn't, They haven't returned their checks. All their priests are now getting checks from the diocese, et cetera. They I haven't seen any of them returning their, their 10 or 20 or 30 pieces of silver or however many, how much money they may be getting these days. But I, I suppose that goes back to the the question, what does that mean viscerally to the average SSPX Joe or Jane in the pew, that you are either about to get integrated or you're integrated with the new world order, the, the Novus Order religion? How does that make you feel, and, and why? Because if you're just operating on feelings and not on principles, I suppose that you'll be tossed and turned, but... If you're disturbed by it, I suppose I would ask an SSPXer, why are you disturbed? I suppose that would be a place to start the questioning because he is allegedly, as you say, the Holy Father, the Pope. So why does it bother you to be in union with him?
0: Yeah, that would be the the, the starting point, surely, uh, for the question, uh, you know, for for uh, for the whole discussion. You know, there are there's a spectrum in the organization and among. Uh, The members of the laity, and as I say, I'm sure there are people who would be just fine with that integration, Uh, but there are others who would uh, be disturbed because visually they perceive there is something uh, uncatholic and profoundly wrong with the the institutions of the new church. But uh, as to what extent that would lead people to think logically, um, uh, I think that uh, that that's up for grabs.
1: Well, there's, there's no website called sspxwatch.org, uh, Father, but anyone who's followed traditionalmath.org over the years can see that there has been sort of unofficial Novus Ordo watch, uh, Novus Ordo watch, SSPX watch within the pages of, of text that you've written as you've watched the twists and turns, of, as you say, of this great drama, I do think it is a great drama. I think for anyone who has, who knows, I've read all three volumes of Apology of Pro Marcel Lefebvre. You were there on the ground as everything was happening during the hot summer. You, Bishop Dolan, Bishop Sanborn. In fact, I would argue <laughs> um, that you know the archbishop and, and got to see the archbishop far more than, than most of the priests. Uh, I mean, most of the priests of the Society of St. Pius X now had never even knew the Archbishop, whereas you actually attended seminary where he was a professor. So you have watched this drama unfold, and actually, you have been part of that drama, some would say, in, in, in many ways. So where, as, from a position of being an insider, because that's what you are, Father, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You've, you've been involved. You've been to a cone. You were there. Uh, you, you know all of the people involved. Where do you think this is going?
0: Well, I mean, uh, we've said so many times that the fat lady, you know, looks like the fat lady is going to sing, and she hasn't uh, yet sung. I think uh, those um, incidents in the past were all predicated on the idea of some sort of a doctrinal agreement, will they, won't they, etc. But um, uh, this, uh, Bergoglio's way of uh, sort of waving his hand and saying, uh, "The doctrine. Don't worry about the doctrine. Just praxis is all uh, that's important." This may very well work. This may very well work, and he doesn't um, because he can, uh, as it were, take his, um, uh, go his way, motu proprio, making these these uh, these different gestures, and um, the idea that that. Uh, uh, Bishop Fillet would, uh, you know, refuse to take uh, what is offered to him, uh, especially if it's offered as it seems to be with no conditions. Is not something that that I, I would think would be very very likely. I think it's a dramatic change, A dramatic change, and something only possible with uh, someone like uh, Bergoglio, because the doctrine is not important to him. So he 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 can uh, in essence say that and say that we love you just as you are, and uh, that's fine. You can you can become you know part of uh, you know, part of our operation. You're you're just as Catholic as I am, you know. Har har. And we will uh, we will accept you. You know, ju- just as I am without one plea, as they would say in the Billy Graham uh, crusade. You know that that uh, all fillet has to do. Is respond to the altar call, and he doesn't have to.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, uh, he doesn't have to, uh, you know, adhere to any sort of creed, and, and uh, that will be that. So it's it's all practice. It's a fascinating, uh, fascinating and clever tactic of um, Bergoglio, totally in keeping with his his character, and in his
1: non adherence
0: to uh, any
1: theological principles. Well, and I think it's you. You think of altar call. I was thinking this is a variation on the para, um, the prodigal son, where the older son gets welcome back. He gets no fatted calf. He's just told, "Hey, we'll just go go back to your room and go do whatever you need to do. Uh, we're not going to have a big ceremony. We're not going to kill a fatted calf or anything. You're you're back. You're you're welcome." Sure. Um, and that's a, another way of looking at it. And well, Father, if we get any. Uh, whether we're on season break or not, if we get any knowledge that the fat lady is singing or about to sing or you, you let us know, we'll make sure we get another episode done and out there so that people who are of goodwill and genuinely interested in thinking through these issues as opposed to just reacting uh, to the idea of there being a pope or not a pope, et cetera, but they want to build their Catholic life on principles what is the role of Vatican II? Is it Catholic or is it not? What is the role of the new Mass? Is it Catholic? Is it not? Is he the Pope? If so, do I obey him or do I not? Or do I come up with all these explanations for everything the way the Protestants do? So thanks again, as always, for your time, Father, and we look forward to uh, speaking with you more, whether a fat lady sings or not.
0: And I think that the rest of the reign of Francis will be
1: very, very exciting days for everyone. And we'll look forward to having you on Francis Watch as well. Thanks so much, Father, and we'll talk to you more soon. Thank you all, and God bless you. We want to remind our listeners that all of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work is prayer. Please think of offering a rosary, a mass, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time that you pray. For the Restoration, I am Stephen Heiner. May God bless you.